Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. Restoring the renewable fuel standard is a big priority for Growth Energy. Emily Score, CEO of Growth Energy, is along with us to break down the importance of the renewable fuel standard for our ethanol producers and our corn growers. Why don't you start with why this is a priority for Growth Energy? So the renewable fuel standard is really the bedrock of our industry's ability to compete and have access to the consumer. And the law says that we have to blend more renewable, low-carbon biofuels like ethanol every single year. EPA is the agency that administers the law. Every year they come out with blending requirements. And Congress years ago had the foresight to say, we're going to be ambitious, we're going to set some really bold targets that will force market change, that really embrace biofuels and set us on a growth path. The challenge for us as an industry for ethanol producers and growers is that the regulators each year will come up with a target and then whether they're issuing waivers or exemptions or extensions of deadlines, they're really eroding the blending targets. So uh, EPA is about to come out with their proposed blending requirements for three years for 2020 and 21 and 2022. Um, we know that they should be doing that by June 3rd because Growth Energy, uh, we had a consent decree just approved by the courts that really forces EPA to get, get that blending requirement out. And our hope is, you know, what this administration has talked about is getting the RFS back on track, getting back to that place where you set a target and you make sure that the obligated parties blend that amount of biofuel every single year. So, you know, we're excited. Uh, the proposal had some things that we really liked and some things that we didn't like. We were very upfront with the agency and we'll just have to see what they ultimately come out with. Where is their pushback on renewable fuels? Well, the primary pushback, of course, comes from the oil industry. The more ethanol you use in the gas tank, the less fossil fuels you're going to be using. So it is straight up, we are competing for a share of the gas tank. Uh, and so the oil industry has been really effective over the years in mobilizing their political champions and pushing back in every possible way. The truth is, biofuels like ethanol, they're better for the environment, they're better for the engine, they're better for the pocketbook, they're more affordable. No time is that more top of mind, of course, than, than right now where consumers are, are really paying a price at the pump. So um, our primary adversaries are the oil industry, and so that's something we're well aware of. But our hope um, with this administration has, has been and continues to be they've got ambitious climate goals. And you cannot achieve these climate goals without using higher blends of ethanol, like an E15, a 15% blend. And what was really good to hear was President Biden in Menlo, Iowa, a few months, a few weeks ago, talking about the benefits of higher blends like E15 and saying we cannot achieve our goal of net zero emissions by 2050 without biofuels. So that's the president giving his own seal of approval to the role of biofuels like, like ethanol. If this is a win-win, for the environment, the consumer's pocketbook, our corn growers, our ethanol producers in the Midwest especially, what's holding the Environmental Protection Agency back? I know you said there's pushback from oil, but what's holding EPA back? That's a great question. Um, I think there's, you know, part of it is that they get caught in the political crosshairs in trying to satisfy Midwest, the Midwest contingent, and then trying to satisfy oil and gas political pressures. And quite honestly, that's what, what's taking place here in Washington, D.C. So we really have to get EPA looking beyond the politics towards what's the right thing to do for the environment. 
And if the Environmental Protection Agency has that as a focus, so they've got climate agenda, they've got climate goals, that should lead them to the conclusion, of course, that we got to do everything we can to get more biofuels used in every single gas tank around the country. And one of those initiatives that you're pulling for is year-round sales of E15. Explain to us first, what is E15 and why wasn't it sold year-round before? Great question. So most drivers are using 10% ethanol in their gas tank, and most people don't even know it. You pull up to the gas tank, to the gas station, you put in fuel, and that has a 10% ethanol blend. In 31 states across the country, consumers can actually get a fuel that has 15% ethanol. So that little extra ethanol right now is gives them a higher octane fuel, and they're saving anywhere from 10 to 60 cents a gallon because ethanol is more affordable than gasoline. So that's really top of mind for consumers right now. Because we have outdated fuel regulations that go back to 1990, and they were made before E15 existed, E15 is actually prohibited from being sold in the summertime. It's simply because the regulations were made before E15 existed. We need the regulations to just be made up to date and reflect the marketplace today. So right now, because of that, E15 is only available nine and a half months of the year. Why why was it that way? EPA regulates the volatility of fuel because they want to minimize the potential of smog formation in the summer. And back in 1990, when E10, 10% ethanol blend, came into existence, EPA said, we want to make sure that we uh, allow that E10, a 10% blend, is sold in the summer because it's got much better tailpipe emissions than gasoline without ethanol in it. So they gave they, uh, kind of a special status to E10. Well, that status hasn't been extended to E15 because E15 didn't exist 30 years ago. So we simply need the agency to recognize a 15% ethanol blend is actually better for the environment than a 10% blend. So let's have the regulations catch up to that reality. Emily Score along with us, president and CEO of Growth Energy, talking about those policies, primarily focusing on ethanol that they're working on right now in DC. What are some other things focusing still on ethanol that you're working for? Even higher blends, you know, are gas stations taking on more ethanol? So, you know, two things that are really exciting for us as an industry in this low climate uh, or low carbon conversation. You know, we're looking at what is the potential role of, of ethanol in the hard to electrify space. So something like sustainable aviation fuel. The administration has bold goals. Uh, They want to have 3 billion gallons of sustainable aviation fuel made by 2030. And I have multiple members within my membership that have already made commitments to produce sustainable aviation fuel. So that's an exciting new marketplace for us. We do need some regulations. Uh, We do need some tax incentives to be able to bring that to fruition. But that's kind of the next frontier for us as an industry. And then there's an ongoing conversation about low carbon fuel and low carbon energy at the federal level, but also at the state level. So as different states are looking at something like a low carbon fuel standard and they want to incentivize uh, and make sure that they're using low carbon fuel choices, biofuels are really part of the solution and increasingly part of the conversation. So we're having those conversations with state legislatures and governors and, and regulators to make sure that as they're looking at low carbon options, they embrace ethanol, which today reduces greenhouse gas emissions nearly 50% relative to gasoline. Growth Energy really does push biofuels as the cost-effective solution that not only supports our upper Midwestern economy, but also is good to the consumer pocketbook. Tell me more about how we're going to get there, more about that pathway, why you guys advocate for this. 
So what's really important to know is if we as a nation drove on a 15% blend of ethanol, right now we're driving on a 10% blend. If we all use 15% ethanol in our gas tank, the greenhouse gas emission savings, that would be the equivalent of taking 4 million cars off the road. The consumer savings would be over $12 billion in fuel savings every single year. And it's something that's going to be better for the engine as well, and you're going to have cleaner emissions. So the it's good for the environment, it's good for the engine, it's good for the pocketbook, and it's just really important that we make sure that regulators and policymakers understand this, but consumers do as well. So we've got a campaign, Get Biofuel, that educates consumers who don't really aren't thinking about fuel choices and lets them know if you want to make a change for the environment, you can simply change fuel. Find a fuel station that offers a higher blend of ethanol, and you're going to not only save money at the pump, but you're going to be do something that's good for the environment as well. There's also a, a national security element to this. More ethanol means needing less from other countries, correct? Well, absolutely. I mean, biofuels are made here in America. Uh, and it's a value chain that for the most part starts and stops on U.S. soil. So this enhances our energy security. And that's something that was talked about many years ago. Very interesting, of course, with the horrific war in Ukraine, that that is now back in, in top of mind for people. So the past several months, the notion of making sure that we have energy security and that we have affordable fuel choices are top of mind for consumers. They're top of mind for policymakers. And I think that's why you're starting to see the administration and others start to really embrace wow, we need to do something and make sure that a fuel like E15, a higher blend of ethanol, that that is available year-round for consumers because more than anything, it's better for the pocketbook and they're going to save money at the pump. Do you talk to car manufacturers? Do you talk to gas stations about offering higher blends? All the time. Um, and retailers, many retailers are offering higher blends and they want to continue to do it. They need a market signal from, from the government that says this is going to be available this summer and the summer after that. So they're business, uh, businesses and they need to have some predictability and some certainty in the regulations to know that this fuel choice is going to be available. Uh, we talk regularly with the fuel retailers offering E15 and their consumers like it because it's a high value product and they like to offer more choices for their customers and their guests. With the auto industry, we have an ongoing dialogue and ongoing research uh, that we're doing, exploring uh, the benefits of a higher blend, like an, a 15, 20, 25, 30% ethanol blend, that's really the sweet spot for a highly efficient internal combustion engine. So there's a lot of work that we do with the auto industry so that they can optimize their engine for a higher blend as they're looking to meet increasingly stringent fuel economy standards. That's Emily Score, CEO with Growth Energy. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.